Osiris, resplendent with his tall, plumed crown, sits enthroned at the gate of the netherworld, surrounded by the court of immortals. Jackal-headed Anubis leads the deceased to him. Hawk-headed Horus stands in attendance of the final verdict on the soul's justification. Ebus-headed Thoth grasps the pen and tablet to record the judgment. Osiris, pointing his scepter of eternal kingship, the shepherd's crook, addresses the approaching soul. Enter, because you know. The myth of Osiris, judge of souls in the netherworld and shepherd to immortality, was at the heart of ancient Egypt. Yet, because of the peculiar nature of their religion, the Egyptians never took the trouble to write down or explain his myth. It was up to Greek philosopher Plutarch, who visited Egypt in the first century AD, to record the first continuous account of the myth of Osiris. In Egypt, the death and resurrection of Osiris were matters not to be divulged, a great mystery. Hello, and welcome back into the portal. I'm Amber Ray. And I'm Andrew McKay. And we have some bonus material for you guys once again. Yeah, it's yes. pretty. It's fun to have so much stuff to talk about. It's pretty much endless, like we already kind of <laughs> referenced last episode. With Egypt in general. It, yeah, with ancient Egypt, there's just so many mysteries and so many cool things that people, like archaeologists and Egyptologists, have yet to really decipher. And they're yeah. making headway, and we're going to explore another underground environment yes. in the vicinity of the Giza Pyramids. And this one is called the Osiris Shaft. And I'm not going <laughs> <laughs> to... I'm sorry. <laughs> we're not I'm laughing. sorry. Anyways. <laughs> that was supposed to be dramatic effect. Yes. Anyways. Okay, say it again. Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> saying it again. Okay. But anyways, um, yeah, so we're going to dive into this other sort of underground environment that was mm-hmm. found in the vicinity. It is on the other side of the Giza complex or Giza plateau. So this one is actually found roughly between the Sphinx and the second pyramid, Khafre's pyramid, if I'm not mistaken. And it actually lies directly underneath the causeway that leads up to this pyramid. Okay. So it's yeah. very interesting. And it was actually first discovered, well, rediscovered, I'm not going to say it was discovered, in the 1930s. And no excavation really took place until the 1990s because of the extent of flooding inside of the chambers. Interesting. Yes. So Osiris's shaft. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm diving into that one. So I think what really opened the doors for this was like I was when we were doing the research for um, the episode and we were looking into the tomb of the birds yeah. and this whole this idea that it could have been Osiris's underworld. Yeah. And so we're obviously doing our due diligence, looking all sorts of places in the internet and came across this Osiris shaft. And initially I was confused because I thought they were referring to the same, because you do get that reference in uh, Colin's account when he was exploring the tomb of the birds initially. And he describes this 
descending shaft. It was like a, a vertical shaft that went down right. and he wasn't able to explore it. And yeah. so I actually was kind of confused and I thought that this was the shaft. Different shaft. Yeah. How that, many times have I said shaft so far in this episode? I don't know. We should be keeping a tally. <laughs> every time. Maybe I'll start. Yeah, every time Amber says shaft, everyone has to drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, so this is really fascinating. And it has several different layers, this particular network. Okay. And it has been properly excavated by a team in the 1990s, I said before, yeah, 1999 with Dr. Hawass. He was the one that led this excavation. Yes. And super fascinating. There definitely has been some videos that have surfaced on YouTube in recent months because it has been just reopened. Yeah, like, I can't remember exactly which month, but in 2017, like, It was November 2017. Okay, there you go, late 2017. Yeah. Crazy. That is so recent. That's insane. Very recent. We need to go to Egypt. And I think maybe what had, like, people are trying to, like, hype it up, being like, oh, what have they been keeping secrets from us for so long? But I think it has more to do with the stability of the water table and the, the, you know, the the danger factor for people going down there. Yeah, and that that totally makes sense. Yeah. But it also raises other questions, too, potentially, along the line of thought that the pyramids are in a certain location because of rising water tables and possibly to utilize water in a certain way. That's just it. Yeah, that's one of the main theories, and we'll get into that. Yes. But to start off, Osiris's shaft. So people people kind of called it Osiris's shaft because there is a sarcophagus that is in the lowest layer. There's three different layers. So the first layer is pretty, like the first chamber is pretty... Um, what was the total like length of this again? Like downwards yeah. into the earth. I think it was over 200 feet. Right. Which is, that's, that's 20 stories, right? Like that's 20 plus stories. That's pretty, that's, that's a, that's, that's pretty, pretty big. It's pretty big stuff. Anyway, continue. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So the first chamber doesn't really have too much going on. There wasn't really much discoveries found, but in the second descending chamber, there was actually this interesting it was like six alcoves or niches yes and there was these stone box two stone boxes found that each weighed approximately 30 tons and they were made of some people were trying to say that it was made of materials found outside of the egyptian area other people were saying that it was granite or basalt um so again that is kind of contested and the video they're watching where he claimed it was from uh, a source outside of Egypt. I right. feel like he's just trying to sell tours. <laughs> Probably, but hey, yeah. we uh, in the in the episode though we touched on the idea that uh, the Egyptians were harvesting metals from meteorites. Could, Actually, uh, yeah, that's could something a good have point. been constructed with uh, space rock? Space rocks. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But those are more metals, not yeah, the actual. It, yeah, true. Very true. Anyway, it's just a thought. <laughs> so, getting back to like yeah, so we we've discovered well we've gotten down to the f- second level. And then in the third level, um, it actually descends into this partially water-filled chamber that actually has a third, what's referred to as a sarcophagus. And this is actually really interesting because there were human remains found in some of these granite boxes by Dr. Hawass when Mm -hmm. he excavated in uh, 1999. And so this just kind of leads people to think that these were burial. This was a, a tomb right. of some sort. A tomb to Osiris. And it's not to say this is the only tomb to Osiris because there was multiples and that goes back to the mythology of Osiris when he was actually murdered. He was originally the ruler of the earth realm 
married to Isis, which was actually his sister. And then his brother, Seth, was kind of jealous. He wasn't really doing as well as his brother was. Apparently, his brother had taught the Egyptians to to um, farm wheat, and then Isis was very skilled as well, and she taught the Egyptians to make bread out of the wheat, all this kind of stuff. Okay. And then Seth was kind of like, Meh, kind of jealous about that. And so he ended up um, tricking his brother and murdering him. And then Isis went to regenerate him, and Seth caught wind of that and actually hacked his brother up into about 14 different pieces and scattered him across Egypt. And that kind of represents the different temples or tombs that were, um, or shrines, I should say, in, in erected in his honor. Right. So you will see different tombs around Egypt that are dedicated to Osiris simply for this reason. But anyway, see, so that's this interesting. is one of them. That's, see, because that could be really confusing, obviously. Because... And you know, another really interesting fact that kind of, it's not very PG, but... Apparently, the only part, because, like, Isis, his wife, once he was dismembered, she actually transformed herself into a kite and flew over Egypt with her sister. I can't remember the name. It was, like, Nephrotes or something. Nephrites? Nephrites, Is that what the river's named after, then? Oh, no, I don't think so. I think it was different. But anyway, so she was a kite, and she went and sailed all over Egypt in search of all these parts, and she managed to reconstruct or remember... Um, Osiris, except for one part, which was his member. The member. Yeah. So that the was, shaft, so, so that, to speak. Yeah, the shaft. <laughs> we found it. We found it. <laughs> Discovered. Yeah. So that was very interesting. But anyways, there's this whole other part about this divine conception between her and Osiris and how they actually, um, they gave birth to this um, child that was called the savior of the world. Hmm. What does that remind you of? Yeah, common Some, themes. Exactly, yeah, it reminds me of Christian mythologies. But, anyways, that is kind of a side note. <clears throat> we don't want to get too off track here right no. away. No, but that that, that wasn't... I found that really interesting because we've... We sort of... I found myself getting really confused in a lot of this research just because some stuff sort of sounds like people are describing the same place. And then obviously, yeah, this this mm-hmm. epiphany that there actually are so many different shrines to Os- Osiris, and that can definitely get confusing. Exactly. And so, getting back to this, shri- or not shrine, these chambers. Chambers, yeah. And all this good stuff. Um, yeah, so good stuff. Good stuff. Dr. Zahi A. Hawass, he was actually the... Um, part of the Supreme Council of Antiquities at the time, and I, I don't know if he still is or not, but he goes into great detail. We're going to include a lot of these um, images from his report that he published through... Yeah. Let's see here. I, if I can dig up the actual... Uh, it, it was... It was... Uh, oh, I can't... I don't know what the journal was, but anyways, it was a peer-reviewed publication. Oh, yeah, and we'll have it posted, obviously. Exactly. I have the link right here in front of me. I'm just kind of... Um, sh- shuffling through it and he goes through a detailed description of all the archaeological components of the tomb yes and the different layers and so you get a really good idea of what what was lying there when it was first kind of like you know now these videos that we're seeing on youtube are there's no artifacts left oh of course it's just the 30 time yeah of course um the 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 sarcophagi or whatever you want right. to refer to them as. Right. And and those and even you know, those artifacts that are obviously have been taken away, they're now yeah. obviously in the in Cairo most likely yeah. in the Museum of Antiquities. You can't see exactly. that stuff. You can't get to those levels. It's not on display. There's like no. two floors available and the rest is off limits. So What? No. No, the entire the entire thing is available to view. No, they, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm talking about the museum in Cairo. Oh, Where a sorry. lot of these artifacts would be the... taken, like the stuff that's obviously no longer in these chambers. 
and a lot of it isn't like, available to the public. A lot of it is just right? human like, remains. Yeah, like and and stuff that would still necessarily need like you know it would need analysis. So obviously it's not going to be in like a display case necessarily. Yeah. But it is sort of interesting along this line of just like mystery and sort of keeping things away from the public, like that it you only have access to certain spots at the museum mm-hmm. too, same as with the actual sites, which makes sense. Exactly. But. So he actually ended up dating a lot of these artifacts to the 26th dynasty of the Egyptian period, which would have been quite late. Yeah. Um, so it would have actually coincided just before the Persian conquest of Egypt. And right I'm not saying that... before Herodi Dadi came on the Exactly, scene. Herodotus. And he actually... Um, I've come across several references to Herodotus in the... Like, I was... I don't know. I was diving deep into, like, Osiris mythology and all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it was really fun to come across Herodotus again, because I feel like he's our old buddy. He's just around <laughs> everywhere. He's like, where's Waldo? He's just kind of, like, in every story. It's like, oh, well, yeah, does. Herodotus wrote about that, and it's like, really? And then there he is, just, like, standing behind a tree. Just like... Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. Yeah. So, anyways... Um, I know I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Here. I'm sorry. I'm distracting. Uh, yeah. Um, so I think one of the main things I found really interesting about these boxes, these stone, granite, whether granite's basalt, I don't know, they're whatever. Yeah. They, some of them are damaged and there's actually video footage that shows the damage and shows how it almost seems as if there was an explosion that came from the inside and kind of rocked it and like damaged the lid. And also there was this very sticky, resinous-looking substance that was quite dark that was on the inside and the sides of one of the boxes found in the second chamber. Yeah. And as well, it was also splattered on the ceiling above. Yeah. And this guy, Forrester, that runs these Egyptian tours and stuff like that, I think he calls them Hidden Inca Tours or something, he he, he described it as basically not your typical grave robbing damage. And okay, yeah. It, it, he kind of points to the fact that there might have been an explosion of sorts. It just doesn't seem very natural. And there's nothing really in in peer-reviewed publications to explain it that I could come it's across. It's just sort of uh, swept under the rug a little bit. Yes. And I will just say, like, take what this dude Forrester says with a grain of salt, because he was actually trying to claim at one point in his video that these boxes, these chests or whatever, or um, sarcophagi, whatever you want to refer to them as, were actually made of a <laughs> material that was not found anywhere in Egypt. Yeah. So he's trying to hype it up a bit, I think. But then it's like, I like I kind of mentioned before, before we, when we were just reviewing the notes, that like what you can mean by that is kind of like that's sort of a sexier way of saying that like yeah, it, it didn't come from Egypt like when we look at Egypt now because it came from like another neighboring North African country that like would have been e- ancient Egypt still. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, but it wasn't from Egypt; it's from another place. It just sounds like more exotic and totally. And uh, but yeah, because because like like you said before, I think like most people think it's basalt granite. Which is from It's Egypt. commonly referred to. Like, a Dr. Hoas referred to it as that, so I kind of take his right. his answer for yeah. what it what But it he is. also, this guy, this forester dude, he points out the things that, like, we mentioned in the episode, the idea of um, saw marks and cut marks mm-hmm. in the same vicinity of these boxes and things like that, and evidence of, yes. you know, technologies yeah. that we... That, that, we, that maybe the Egyptians weren't capable of. Right. Like, not to say that it was aliens or anything like that, but, uh, like, it could have been a more ancient culture that preceded the Egyptians in some way, yeah. shape, or form. Yeah. And the Egyptians kind of inherited it, is kind of the idea. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's definitely a couple lines of thought, I would say, 
One is the one we just touched on. Yeah, a, a precursor civilization constructed these shafts and the Egyptians inherited it. Right. Uh, another is the more mainstream view that the, the shafts were constructed somewhere between six and 500 B.C., and that just seems so recent. It seems kind of bizarre to me because I feel, in my mind, it, they had to have been around during the times that the um, pyramids themselves were being constructed, so that would place it further to, like, 3000 BC. And that makes sense because one of the theories is actually that these caves were... Um, they provided shortcuts for priests and things like that to maybe See, that is so cool. That is, like, the coolest thing ever. Like a little yeah. escape passageway underneath. And, and like that's that is the that's why this is also fascinating, just to like be very, very clear, because this is a bonus mm-hmm. episode, to tie it to the the Giza Underworld full length episode. Like we're going into this stuff because we're trying to find the significance of things like these boxes at the bottom of the Osiris shaft and stuff like that to to build on this idea that there was more to the physical underworld that they were developing mm-hmm. and whether or not they were building off of things left behind from even more ancient peoples, like you just yeah. said, and how much further these go. Mm-hmm. If there's collapsed tunnels that used to be there that oh, are now totally. no longer there. The shifting, or yeah, the geologic what, shifts yeah. of the earth and who knows. Wars or flooding, and all kinds of stuff, flooding. Or even uh, modern technology, like you mentioned, uh, when they built the, um, not the Panama Canal. <laughs> <laughs> the Suez. The Suez Canal. Yeah. What sort of implications that would have had further down the way or whatever, I don't know. And just modern technology, yeah, like... yeah. Yeah, things could be buried <laughs> and lost and what I mean like collapsed right like if there were exactly. further tunnels extending out into the underworld and for me it kind of comes down to like w- did these serve a religious function did they serve a technological function like I feel like there's two different lines of thought you could go with that because it's well. inconclusive if it's just a tomb like is right like and that's it like is it is it is it a tomb was it a tomb for multiple priests maybe because you get those six alcoves and there was two boxes left what the heck happened to the other ones then if there was anything in those alcoves that's kind of the question i yeah. have yeah and then of course when you descend into the third chamber that's covered in water you get another sarcophagus that is completely empty and, and this it, thing it, with water is fascinating to me mm-hmm. right and the fact that there's this water I mean, obviously there's groundwater, but like you're going down underneath the ground, you're beneath the pyramid and there, there's, there had to have been more significance to that. And we've had some listeners. Are you thinking spiritual or technological? Both potentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Because I feel like even if they did have uh, technological capabilities that we didn't think they were capable of inherited or however they came about it, you know, that would have played into their spirituality. Definitely. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's our religion now, technology, right? Like, we are, we are, right? Like, the way, like, our version of it, you know what I mean? It would have been very much more literal for them, like, where it's, you know, they've come up with some power, they've figured something out, mm-hmm. and they're grateful for it, right? Somebody's responsible for it, so the raw or whoever. Right, exactly. You know? Because any sort of achievement would usually be ascribed to the heavenly. Uh, and they had a good idea you know, on, like the- uh, on life. The Egyptians. I take back what I said early on in that first episode where I was like, they had sort of a dark outlook. And like, compared to some other civilizations, like I can't off the top of my head just think of any, which is dumb, I should have written it down. But there's obviously some <laughs> that like take a much more lighthearted view on death, right? And that's like, oh, yeah. than having to cross the lakes of fire and go through these types of True. things, right? And it's so funny. Well, oh, sorry. Sorry, but Let just to fit, but like what you get to at the end of that is so beautiful. You yeah. get to experience life 
just just the way it is now. Life and just live it. Just and live there's it. no end to it. You're planting it. your crops. You're in the afterlife. You're peaceful. You get to see the sunset and sunrise yeah. and that's it. I would highly recommend anyone who hasn't already checked out our resource slash, I think it's on our blog actually for this week. I roll at the end of our blog, there is a link to this video that is an illustrated or it's not illustrated, it's an animated uh, rendering of what happens to you when you go through the duot. It's the really afterlife. cool. It's really well done. Yeah. And it's really short. It's, a short it's like video. four minutes and he does a really good job of explaining it in yeah. a very entertaining fashion. Yeah. So I'd highly recommend that just so people can get a better grasp of what this meant. Because at the end, you're right. What do you, What the final test is you plant your seeds, you yeah. plant your crop, and then if you're successful with that, then you just keep going. Yep. Just keep going. And I even like, yeah, I was getting into more of the ideas of water related to ancient Egypt and how like the, the annual flooding of the Nile was like a huge event for them. And they actually created these, like these wells that would measure the flooding levels. And there was like different cubic like measurements. So like if they had like 12 cubic, it was like famine, starvation. If it was like 14, it was pretty good. If it was 15, spot on. 16, it was going to be like a great year. And then anything right. above that obviously would spell catastrophe because you'd get flooding. And, right. Like, unnecessarily flooding and that type of thing. Yeah. So, you know, but that's another it was very thing. central for yeah, their life. Totally. So the point I was trying to make. The idea of flooding, though, too, is another interesting thing in terms of like talking about the pyramids and water and, you know, there's a couple of little ideas we're going to get to in, in just a sec. Mm -hmm. But, um, when the water could have been, say, at a point where it would flood areas they didn't want to, want it to, mm -hmm. they built canals and stuff, right? Like, they built man-made, like, you know, the diversions of the water to mm -hmm. either, you know, obviously irrigate, irrigate crops or yeah. whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's sort of ideas out there that they may have also done this. Actually, I don't even know if it's definitive or not, because I, was, <laughs> it was an article that I was looking at earlier on, and I don't even Was it on I, the History Channel? <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't get me started. But um, I don't even think I ended up using it for the first episode, but it was just this idea that they were, that there was evidence that there was canals dug running to the pyramids to like Ooh. fill them. And it's sort of along the idea of like the battery, like the okay. generating energy. Should we get into like that, that then? Because I think that's a very prominent, like I've been watching some videos, the universe inside you. I was just watching that one where. Right. And we're getting into a couple of things here that aren't necessarily tied directly to the mythology of the underworld and searching for a literal underworld, but it's just sort of all fallen together down the mm -hmm. rabbit hole in terms of like, what the heck are these things for? Why are they there? And how old are they? And all these other things all ties together. Yeah. So, so could this have been yeah connected to the function of the pyramids that was something other than a tomb? Yes. Kind of what the premise of this is. Yes. And we actually had a listener contribution from Life H, one yes, of our buds. Yeah. And uh, he put forth the idea that the pyramids were exactly that, more than just tombs for pharaohs, but could have been generators. Um, exactly that, because like the the water table was a lot higher at the time and potentially could have been harnessed as a potential power source yeah and I mean, I, yeah that video i was watching it seems kind of the, the the girl the narrator from the universe inside you she was just she kind of put it out there she's like why would you need like if you have like the king's chamber i'm talking about the great pyramid right where you get the king's chamber you get the queen's chamber directly below mm -hmm. this is the same pyramid we're talking about this, the or no were we talking about that yeah we were with the yeah, the, the, same the, one. the hollow void yes. that wasn't discovered yet or hasn't been excavated. yeah that's like yeah that's the the, the biggest. so this is the same pyramid yes. and so she was questioning she's like why do you need a descending descending tunnel into just nothing at the bottom underground like that doesn't make much sense unless no. unless it's a channel you're channeling water into it and then there's these other shafts and things that 
potentially could be harnessed. And the fact that she also mentioned that at one point when the pyramids were constructed, they were actually coated in a, um, oh my gosh, what am I trying to say? Like they were coated in something that you use for battery. It's like the, the coating, oh, right? Like, the, um, Oh not goodness. the insulator. Yeah. It's insulating the pyramids, and it was this, like, really light-colored sandstone, I think. Right. And the rest of it is granite in the inside, which is actually um, a little bit radioactive. Interesting. Apparently. Yeah. So she was saying, like, well, if these are insulated battery cells that could have been filled with water, like, this is much more much more worth it, right, than just building it to. But for me, it comes back to the whole, like, religious versus technological. Like, I feel like religious motivations are equally strong in a society. Absolutely. At some point. So Absolutely. You know what I mean? For sure. Both but this ties too. back into the Forrester find that you mentioned earlier on. And obviously that strange substance on the, mm. on the uh, boxes potentially, right? Yes. Because there's an idea that these boxes may have been parts of the battery. larger battery or power generating mm-hmm. system. And here's the thing, just as a, not a disclaimer, because I'm open to this idea, because we have, we have some proof for it, and we'll give it in just a sec, but there's, this sort of definitely is linked to, like, the ancient alien kind of camp of thinking about, right, ancient Egypt and ancient peoples and stuff, and be like, you know, they would, they take the idea of it being potentially, like, a battery, or this sort of thing we're talking about, and amplify it by a million, you know what I mean? Like, they're like the the they're implying that it was almost like it was used for things so beyond like far but like why couldn't it have just been used for something simple right like if they're mm-hmm. figured out a way to generate energy maybe it could have just been used to aid in the construction of the pyramid itself or even or in just the for, creation of fine jewelry like um, sure. like um metallurgy that type of thing yeah yeah or j- just simple stuff like that just mm-hmm. yeah for 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 burials or for whatever for for ceremonial purposes or for generating light or if for they even figured for it out somehow like for some sort of religious display as well sure you know like it doesn't have to be some just so profound like it is profound but it doesn't have to be like you know what i mean like so the proof of this is the Baghdad battery. Is yeah. that what you're going to... Yeah. 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 More or less. Which is really cool, and it was actually featured on Mythbusters, and they were able to generate 4.5 uh, volts of From energy. From four kind From, of like cairns or whatever. Yeah. So what they were, it was like these big pots, these pottery Ceramic. ceramics, and they had a... Lemon juice as was They their, had lemon juice as the, the, the conductive or material or yeah. conductive liquid. Yeah. And then they had it basically submerged, um, so that was filled in the pot, and then they had a a tube of copper, yeah. and then in the tube was the iron rod. Iron rod. And they were able to conduct electricity through yeah. that. And so, and then in the videos we were watching, there was like, it was sealed, right? Like this, the top of it was sealed with... Like, almost like a resinous-type substance, and this Similar same kind of type substance. of substance could have... Yeah, it's, it was it was seen in that right. video, and people... And, have, and they said, I mean, it's like four and a half volts is not a lot of power, but it's also just from four small pots. So what if you get and, to the scale of the pyramids? And, yeah, and at the at that point, you know, if if you're going by the, um, the typical Egyptologist dating of the pyramid, like, even then, it was the tallest structure in the ancient world. The, the biggest pyramid, the mm-hmm. Khufu Giza. Mm-hmm. That's a big. That's a big old thing. If it, not necessarily the whole thing is <laughs> a battery. A big old thing. That's a big battery, right? Like it's bigger than four pots. Yeah. And if you and if I don't know, I, I'm definitely entertaining this as an idea. And I want to do more. I want to dig and more. And it does tie into also. I'm still on the fence for the power tools, right? Although we've seen sort of the arguments for the cut marks and stuff, and it does look strange. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like 
looks like handmade, right? It doesn't. Yeah. It looks like and there's it's no very uniform. Yeah, and there's nobody coming really? out and saying, yeah, no, that was from the fifties when people were down there doing whatever, right? right? Now, yeah. There's no evidence of that. No. So that's very curious. I'm still obviously on the fence with that. You need more evidence for that. Mm-hmm. But this whole Baghdad battery thing kind of makes me think gives that credence to it. It does, and like you know. They were diverting water, and there was water there, and it was of significance. So we don't know exactly what this, these chambers or these pots were for, these these mm-hmm. containers, but it was something significant. Something very significant. And it was linked to the underworld. Because yes. it was... A spiritual, and that's where the spirituality, I get back to that, because my sort of far-out theory is that what if this was some sort of, like, spiritual bathhouse? Because these, these sarcophaguses, as they're described by many, are obviously the size of a human being. They were found in caves. Caves always usually serve a spiritual um, purpose in a in a culture, and obviously they were in ancient Egypt. There were so many tombs, like in caves, in along, like you know, cut into the 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 valley of the kings, that type of thing. Yeah. And so my idea is that yeah, what if this was a spiritual bathhouse where one could like descend into the underworld to have a religious experience? And I feel like those those six niches or, or alcoves in the second chamber that contain the two um, sarcophaguses could have even been, like, deprivation chambers or something, you know what I mean? Right. To kind of help people um, sort of, uh, like, invigorate their senses and kind of, like, well, hone hey. them in. And yeah. then... That makes sense, I don't know. Actually. And, and I, you I, do yeah. get modern examples today, like float wellness. We have that in town. Yeah. And there's many versions Sensory of it. Sensory deprivation exactly, things. Exactly. So you can, like, enhance your senses and feel as though you're descending into a spiritual yeah. place. Yeah. And, and obviously monks would do this all the time. Like, yeah. Tibetan monks, they'd go into a cave. They'd have religious experiences, come out. And I just feel like this could be a very plausible because yeah. there's that other idea that the priests were using it for their own purposes for whatever if they were using it as underground passages or storage chambers or whatever. Right. So all very, very cool. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like that. I like that theory. I think that makes sense. I think archaeologists and more mainstream people would probably be happier with that theory than other theories necessarily. Mm, yeah, yeah, the idea but I mean, that makes sense too, right? Like just to, to go back to like what we mentioned in the episode, like the Egyptians sort of saw the world as a disc and there was sort of like almost for the stranger things fans out there, like the mm-hmm. upside down mm-hmm. as the underworld or the afterlife or whatever. So to descend into these chambers was getting them physically closer to yeah. that plane crossing into the underworld or the upside Perhaps. down or whatever. I feel like that's totally possible. And, um, yeah, this that matched with their ethos and everything like that, mm-hmm. and it makes sense that it would be a spiritual shrine-like place. It's not our conception mm-hmm. of like, oh, you're having to go down to like a dark, and scary even, place or something. Well, you know? that, yeah, exactly. It's not like it's almost like a preparation. Whereas, like, for whereas, that. It, whereas comparatively, we have like, say, like Castle Hoska in the Czech Republic, where you have these this descending pit, but it's all associated with pagan sort of things, mm. and it's a gateway to hell. You're descending into hell, and hell's not a good place. No. But for the ancient Egyptians, this was a different story. Exactly. And you know what's interesting, too? Like, another theory is that this this place was actually just a symbolic tomb where pharaohs and commoners alike could uh, pay homage to Osiris, because that's kind of the idea, is that Osiris's tomb is in the bottom chamber, and it was, like, it was a tomb, a, a shrine to him. And, again, yeah, so it, like, just makes me think that obviously this is a religious place possibly and so and and even if it is though i still think the idea that maybe there were ancient batteries being used down there maybe that had something to do with whatever was going on like it it was um like really like spiritual power 
I don't know. Maybe. I'm not an ancient Egyptian. I wish I could go live a day in the life don't of, Don't you though. wish you could just be a fly on the wall? <laughs> right? <laughs> the money I would pay. It's I mean, I don't so have it. It's cool. <laughs> so this is two underground world... Not underground worlds, but two underground sites in the yeah. same vicinity of the pyramids. Yeah. There's probably a lot more out there. Uh, if anyone has heard of any, please let us know. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear about it. Yeah. And give us your thoughts. Give us your theories on this because it's really, really cool. And Yeah, like let us know if you think that this will go any further. Yeah. Do you think that... Because there is the idea that there was one horizontal shaft that they said just ended in a dead end. They actually sent a little boy down to... <laughs> Oh yeah, what, how did that and story nothing, go exactly? Well, yeah, they sent a boy down on a rope, <laughs> and then he, he he crawled into this horizontal shaft, and he just said it it was a dead end. But what if that's just a collapsed tunnel? What if that's you know what I mean? Like, what well, that's kind of like what and else? what Andrew Collins like sort of that's kind of like the same Ooh. sort of end he got to and right Salt like and Kivli- Caviglia yeah. when they got to those three big chambers underground, and then there was tunnels descending further. Yeah, where the heck did those and that go? was in the eighteen hundreds. So what? what had changed from then to the 90s when other things were being excavated and things like that, right? You don't know. We don't know. We don't know, and but we would love to hear from you if you absolutely. have any ideas. Yes. Us lis- or you listeners over there. Yeah. So um, hit us up on Twitter. You can DM us. We're at, at IntoThePortal1 and at AmberRay1992. Mm-hmm. You can always email us at IntoThePortalMailbox at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And make sure to check us out at IntoThePortal.com. We have the blog up on there, our bookstore, and all of our resources too, so you can see all the same stuff that we're looking at. Yeah. So we're going to post all this... Um, like we have a bunch of different diagrams and photographs and things of this Osiris shaft that we will make available to all you. Yeah. So make sure you go to the website, www.intotheportal.com. And yeah, we'll be back on Sunday with a whole new episode. We're really excited about this one. It's going to be another cryptid creature. Yeah, we're coming back around to the to the cryptid creatures exactly. again. Exactly. You know, we got to go to there sometimes. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, we just wanted to reiterate, if you're loving the show, please leave us a review. I was actually just on, like, scouring iTunes, like foreign iTunes from different countries, and I found like some really awesome nuggets of just like (laughs) greatness that I was like so appreciative of. Totally made. We're gonna shout all of you guys out on Sunday, so look forward to it. Yeah. So thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys soon.